Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where fee-fi-fo-fum, emphasis on fo, the Lakers are the giant that no first or second seed wants to run through. All right, well that rhyme sucked. It wasn't a rhyme at all. But you know what hasn't sucked recently? The Lakers. And whether or not some of their wins have been inflated by some unique contextual factors, It does seem like the Lakers have finally started to build some positive momentum in several key areas recently, LeBron James notwithstanding, of course. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. Welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I will be joined shortly by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, after I get through this intro. Now, obviously, the most important recent development has been the play of one Anthony Davis, who has not only brought it on the statistical end with an incredible 42-point, 12-rebound, 5-assist, 3-steals, 3-blocks game against Phoenix in a win, and then a 36-point, 12-rebound, 5-assist game prior to that in that terribly officiated Blazers game. Um, So he's not only brought it from a statistical standpoint, but most importantly, AD has brought it recently from a physical and mentally engaged standpoint. Uh, Going so far as to throw down some effortless 180 one-handed lobs to racing down people and swatting away breakaway layups, it seems like AD is back, or at least the most back we've seen him this season. So above all else, that's been the most encouraging sign of momentum we've seen from the Lakers recently, who are currently riding a three-game winning streak. Then we've got KCP rounding into form, really bringing it on the defensive end, especially in the Phoenix game, hounding Devin Booker. He's also 8 of 20 from 3 in his last four games and has had games of 17 points, 17 points, 8 points, and 10 points sprinkled in there. Uh, We've got Markeith Morris finally, finally breaking through in the last game against Houston where he was reinserted back into the starting lineup where he was able to go for 14 points, four rebounds, and four assists with zero turnovers, even knocking down two threes. And that's after hitting like one of his last 28 threes prior to that game. That is sadly not a joke. He was one for 28 before the Houston game. So glad that he finally hit some threes and looked more himself. We're going to need him in the playoffs because obviously last year in the playoffs, he led our team in three-point percentage with 42%. Uh, Then we've got Alex Caruso. Before Caruso uh, started sitting games with some right foot soreness, he was on an absolutely spectacular tear on both ends. You already know about his contributions on the defensive end, but he also went for 17 points against Phoenix with eight assists. And then he had 18 points versus Portland, which was super encouraging. So 
An offensively aggressive Caruso is always a welcome sight because you already know what he's going to bring on the defensive end with his hustle and grit. And then we've got veteran Wes Matthews, who's hit 10 of his last 23 threes from three-point land. And on, to top that off, he's played some stellar defense recently as well, and most especially in the clutch. So for Wes Matthews to round into form, obviously a great sight. We've even got Frank Vogel closing with Marc Gasol in a game instead of Andre Drummond. So that's obviously an encouraging sign and points to, you know, maybe some of his earlier remarks about him going with the center that's going to be best for whatever situation and matchup we face. Uh, Up until that point when he played Marc Gasol finally to close a game, it all seemed like air and fluff from Frank Vogel, but obviously a game like that points to him, you know, getting the bigger picture. And and obviously maybe we always should have given him the benefit of the doubt in that respect. It was just looking a bit shaky there until the last few days or so. Uh, Speaking of Andre Drummond, though, um, everybody's favorite whipping boy, and I have started to wane in my excitement of this guy because he just hasn't looked good recently but the dude just put up 20 and 10 in the last game versus Houston on 69% shooting in just 21 minutes which is pretty crazy and then against New York the dude had 16 points and 18 rebounds and say what you want about Andre Drummond he is still a rebounding machine and two of his assists against New York were of the spectacular variety you know, getting the offensive rebound and then pitching it out to Kyle Kuzma for three and then pitching it out to Taylor Horton Tucker for three as well. Those are huge, monumental, game-swinging sort of plays, and hopefully that's one way that Andre Drummond can continue to positively contribute. Um, speaking of Kuzma, Kuzma's all of a sudden hitting Eurostep game winners and looking semi-competent with the ball in his hands, breaking dudes off the dribble from the perimeter, provided there a simple screen set before him. Uh, The last game against Houston, Kuzma had 19, 7, and 10 rebounds, following up his 23-point performance against the Knicks where he knocked down four threes, so Kuzma's been looking good. And last, but of course certainly not least, there's Taylor Horton Tucker. Life is like a box of Taylor Horton Tuckers. And while we've gotten a taste of some super bitter, nasty Taylor chocolate nuggets, he's also given us the yummy, creamy, milk chocolatey version of himself as well hammering down one-handed jams from the perimeter, throwing these insane passes out to shooters while being engulfed by paint defenders, uh, to hitting go-ahead three-pointers to win a game against his childhood idol in Derrick Rose. Talon also now has two straight double-doubles with double-digit assists, going for 23-10 and 10 against the Rockets with only three turnovers, which is an important differentiating fact about that game. And then, of course, the last game where he hit the game winner over Derrick Rose, he had 13 points and 10 assists against the Knicks, which was a true grinded-out sort of performance against their gritty defenders. Wild stat about Talon Horton Tucker that I tweeted out on Twitter today uh, on the year, Dennis Schroeder has five double-digit assist games. Talon Horton Tucker has four at only 20 years old. So let that sink in a little bit. So all that to say, a lot of cylinders are finally firing for the Lakers. But the last biggest cylinder that still remains and we're still waiting to fire up is, of course, LeBron James. It seems like he's in good spirits, and it seems like he's been moving spryly, so we're obviously excited to see him join the fray here, hopefully in one or both of the games this weekend, which will be a back-to-back against the Pacers and then the New Orleans Pelicans. It seems like Dennis Schroeder is ready to go as well. Whether or not they start him or bring him off the bench will be interesting to see. 
And so we head into what's looking more and more like the play-in tournament against either the Warriors or the Grizzlies. And in spite of that, there's reason for optimism and semi-litness. How the Lakers fare in one or two play-in games, whether or not they lose that first one, will obviously rest on LeBron James' health. But even if he's still at 70-ish percent, what we've seen from Anthony Davis and the rest of the Lakers and how they've sort of rounded out the ancillary edges is enough for me to be confident that we should still be okay to sort of carry LeBron if he needs carrying while we take on the play-in tournament and then get set for our eventual first-round opponent. So if LeBron needs some time to ramp up, I think Anthony Davis and what we've seen from the rest of the guys, they've shown us encouraging signs that they'll be able to carry LeBron for a little bit. Um, Obviously, nothing is official or set in stone yet in terms of final standings or seedings, and there's still a very small glimmer of hope that the Lakers get to six. But as you'll hear in the forthcoming discussion I have with Tommy, Unless Denver rises to the third spot, the sixth seed may not be a spot that best behooves the Lakers if they're looking to push their date with the LAR Wayers down the road a little bit longer. But regardless, the Lakers finally seem ready to ramp it up and get this show going. Hanging your 17th championship banner in front of some actual Lakers fans definitely helps in that cause. But yeah, encouraging signs nonetheless, uh, especially given our last podcast, which seemed a little bit of a downer and semi-nihilistic. All right, so this episode is not going to be a regular episode, as after all of my rambling here is done, I'm going to turn it to a short off-the-record conversation I had with Tommy over this past weekend, where we just kind of talk about the Lakers' potential seedings, or potential seeding and which matchups we favor and which matchups we'd like for them to avoid. Because we're sort of transitioning into more of a bi-weekly podcast, so two episodes a month, there's going to be no full-on Lakers Legacy podcast for this week or no full-on regular Lakers Legacy podcast. So consider this a small, tiny bonus as we prep for our play-in slash playoff coverage, which will likely happen sometime next week. But for now, hope you enjoyed this little preamble of mine on the state of the Lakers and hope you enjoy Tommy and I's short off-the-record chat on potential Lakers playoff matchups. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at LakersLegacyPod. And also, please, 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 guys, please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. We'd still desperately love to know that you guys are listening out there, if we have any listeners left. Um, All right, first, we'll take it to our sponsors, and then on the back end, Really quick segment, again, off-the-record segment with me and Tommy talking about potential playoff matchup seedings and opponents that we'd like to see slash we wouldn't want to see. All that jazz. So we'll catch you guys after the break. Um, Uh, What is your, like, off-the-record, like, ideal situation? I think mine is is we end up sixth, so we avoid the play-in. Denver ends up third. Yeah. So we avoid the Clippers for two rounds. And I think, look, I don't think we're going to like sweep Denver. But I think in seven games, even without home uh, home court advantage, I think, you know, six, seven games, I think we could take out a Jamal Murray-less Denver team. I think, you know, they're playing super lit right now because they're all kind of rallying around each other because Murray's out. But when it comes down to it, we will figure out a way to scheme against Jokic and they don't have anybody else who can go out there and drop 30 like consistently. Right. So um, I, I I think I would take that. And then, you know, second round, I guess you play either Phoenix or Utah and then third round. If the Clippers even make it that long, because if the Clippers end up like 
fourth. Let's see who would be fifth in that scenario. I I honestly oh, haven't like, even thought about who the second round opponent is. If dude, if I, yeah, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I would just really like to avoid the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think I'm along the same lines. I think the best case scenario, and I think we may eat our words, um, because of I mean, Nikola Jokic and whatever the hell Michael Porter Jr. is on right now. That's true. He's been pretty lit lately. But I I still feel. Yeah, so I'll say one thing. If Michael Porter Jr. ends up being like the 6'10 version of Jamal Murray, <laughs> it may not matter, right? I mean, so I guess to your point, maybe the best case scenario is because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the Jazz. I don't care what the hell they've done in any regular season. I'm just never afraid of that team. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. Anthony Davis is banged up, so. But he does get motivated to play Rudy Gobert. I, I don't know, man. I guess... <laughs> I guess ideally, if if I think the best matchup for us is playing the Jazz first round, actually, okay. um, just because I don't think they have the experience and they've faltered many times, and I feel like you can play Gobert off the floor if we just go small, which we should do, which we can do. Yeah. Um, Denver is close in terms of I flip flop between them and Jazz being the best matchup first round. Yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, look, I think the Jazz would be the best matchup, but I don't think they're going to fall the third. Yeah, yeah, uh, I guess that makes sense. Right. So, you know, I I don't... I think we can beat Denver. I mean, I think, like, you know, they've been red hot. I mean, they've won... You know, I was talking about OKC, or sorry, uh, Washington, which I don't know if you saw Russ had, like, 20 rebounds and 24 assists tonight or some. Oh, shit. No, I didn't. Yeah, not. like a 14-21-24 game. That's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> um but he has been like completely out of his mind. But anyway, I, I think we can deal with, um, you know, the Nuggets, even though they've been hot, it's regular season wins. Clippers have been, Clippers have actually lost three straight. That's pretty crazy. Um, but, oh, I guess Clippers, yeah, dude, this is what I'm saying. This, I think this would be ideal. If if it was four or five, like how it currently is, we play Denver, just let end the season today. We play Denver in the 3-6 matchup. Um, Clippers play Dallas in the four or five matchup because I think Luca is going to give them fits. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, I don't really give a shit. We'll figure it out, but I, we just need to make it through the first round. And, um, I just don't know. Um, I don't know if we can do it, dude. I mean, our schedule is like not that easy. We're going to lose tonight. For We're going to sure. lose. <laughs> I mean, like it's going to be a blowout because yeah. we don't have the answer for anything really right i mean unless Jokic could gets ejected which yeah. he could like if we try to have like montrez or somebody get in a fight with Jokic, then maybe we have a chance yeah. that's what we should explore that option but like we don't really have a chance of winning and then i'm just like looking at the schedule and uh, i mean realistically it's more realistic that we are playing a play-in game than we're not it is. I mean, like, the next three games after Denver are the... Clippers. I don't know why we didn't address this in the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's more realistic that we are going to play a play-in game than like, not. Like, uh, Portland is inconsistent as hell, so you ne- you don't want to, like... like yeah, but everybody's fall- healthy on their team. They are, they are. You don't want to... We're not going to fall to the eighth seed, so I think you can, like, write that yeah, out. But right. Port- Portland is inconsistent enough to where they might not be able to stay afloat above us, but I will say play at Portland. That's pretty much a scheduled loss. Yeah. 
And then we play Phoenix, which even if LeBron's back at home, like maybe we yeah. win that game, but it'll be tough. You know, so and then like New York, Houston, Indiana, New Orleans, like we could we could theoretically win four. Like a best case scenario, we win five in a row to close out the season and we feel pretty good. But that still means we lose the next three straight and is five and three better than what Portland can do in the last eight. I don't know. It's going to be close. And Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess if we play, if we are somehow able to play Denver and Jokic does win the MVP, which I think he will, it's more bulleted board material because then we can take out the MVP in the first round. But yeah, I don't know. Um, if we do play the play in, yeah, I don't know how that's going to shake out. I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, here, let me just tell you. So uh, the team with the seventh, the seventh place team... Oh, God. <laughs> okay, it's actually worse than I thought. <laughs> the seventh place team plays the eighth place team. Whoever wins that game is seventh. Okay. The right. loser of that, right. and then the ninth that's and the tenth have, play that's each why other. You have two that's chances, why you have two. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you, we will play the eighth place team, which will probably be, like, the Grizzlies. Okay, we that'll probably be, good. be the, okay, yeah, yeah, we can be the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and if we win that game... Then we're automatically seventh. Yeah. Okay. But if so we lose, we play fair. the Warriors. But if we <laughs> lose, we would play the winner of nine ten, who would probably be the Warriors. The Spurs yeah. are not going to win that. Yeah. Oh, so there is a scenario where we could lose to the Grizzlies and lose to the Warriors, and then you're just out. So you only get one chance. Yep. To you're be. You're not playing. Yeah, you're not playing the same team twice. It's just yeah. Uh, wait. <laughs> wait. Is that is that seriously how it is? So it's sudden yeah. death. It's sudden death. Yep. For each wow, one. Wow, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure. You're not, you're going to have the drama. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just freaking win against the Grizzlies. That sounds simple enough, but who knows? It <laughs> sounds team. simple enough, but then I'm sure fucking Jonas or some <laughs> random motherfucker is just going to like destroy Drummond. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. I guess there's going to be a lot to, uh, pontificate over once that time comes yeah all right i actually got to head out dude all right dude all right later yeah bye